That's right, welcome to The People's Project. Tonight we are doing a crossover. We have the host of The People's Project, that's me, and the host of The Other Side, Damien Curry. Good to see you, Matt. I can't believe you're here. I can't believe I'm here either. I made it back to Melbourne. <laughs> Scary times, because tonight we're gonna to bring you, what, double, double the news? Double the truth, double the opinion. Double, double the, uh, yes, double the obnoxious opinions. <laughs> My opinions are great, so we're gonna fix Mine all of your issues on this. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be looking at uh, four really important things. I think the idea of the federal government kicking the Joker out, that's his nickname, Djokovic, the Joker. Mm. Kicking the Joker out is... Uh, I thought it was Novak's Djokovic. Oh, Novak's Joker what? Covid. Joe Covid, I like it. Anyway, we'll cover that and why Not that actually time. happened. Uh, we're also going to shine a spotlight on Canada for our viewers in Canada who are suffering through what I think is on par with maybe worse than Melbourne was last year. Then you're going to take us down a trip down memory lane on what good fiscal management used to mean in this country, it used to mean the Liberals. Yeah. It's not anymore. No, definitely not, unfortunately and sadly. It does not mean the Liberals anymore. And then of course we have to talk about the elephant in every media's lounge room, the king himself, Mr. Joe Rogan, who proves that the mainstream media is not mainstream at all. All right, let's go. First to that breaking news that has sent shockwaves right across the globe. Novak Djokovic has been deported from Australia overnight, throwing the Australian Open into chaos. The world number one spending his last hours in Australia under police guard at Melbourne Airport. The deportation marks the end of his Australian Open hopes. Djokovic potentially barred from the country for three years this morning. Ali, the world number one had fought so hard to stay in Australia and, of course, defend his Australian Open title. But that all came to an end at around about 10.30 last night where, under police escort, he left Australia boarding a flight for Dubai. Uh, this came just hours after the full bench of the federal court ruled unanimously to deport him. After the federal government changed tact, arguing uh, that the Serbian star posed a health risk uh, and also to public order uh, because he could provoke anti-vaccination sentiment. That argument clearly worked. Uh, it was only minutes after that ruling was handed down that Novak Djokovic finally conceded defeat, releasing a statement in part which read, I respect the court's ruling. I am uncomfortable that the focus of the past week has been on me and I hope we can all now focus on the game game and tournament I love. He is now automatically banned from re-entering Australia for three years. However, that can be waived under special circumstances, but legal experts say not if he continues to be unvaccinated. Uh, Scott Morrison said this cancellation decision was made on health, safety and good order grounds on the basis it was in the public interest to do so, while Immigration Minister Alex Hawke said Australians have made many sacrifices during the pandemic. They rightly expect the result of those sacrifices to be protected. And we all so there you have it. Novak Djokovic kicked out by uh, Alex Hawke activating God mode. Did you know about these powers? I, well, yes, the immigration minister has got that authority. They can override any decision and Does basically... Not news yeah. to you? No, it's not the first time I've heard of it. News to a lot of people out there, but they don't realise. I was, I was, did you know I was a migration agent? Yes, right. you did tell me that. So uh, these powers have existed a long time before this case and people don't realise just how 
how would you say it, China-like authoritarian they are, he actually doesn't it's, need to defend the reasoning behind his decisions. No, he doesn't. And it's that is the most extraordinary thing, mm. um, that absolute discretionary power. Mm. Uh, there are situations, of course, in which that's probably, you know, that could be said to be a, a good thing. Well, do you know why it came um, in? It's because of Ray Hadley. Oh, really? Not specifically, but the Ray Hadley phenomenon. So Ray Hadley will get his bee in a bonnet when... A uh, right. someone gets a murderer gets off with only three years or whatever, right? And so he says, it doesn't matter what the law says. We need the ability for the politicians to come in over the top and 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 move sentences in line with community standards. And that's the argument they ran with this. Even if someone uh, ticks all the boxes, we need the minister to have the ability to still cancel a visa. So we have. It's not like this is news. We asked for this and we got it. So this is a clip of us uh, having a chat to immigration expert Anka Sahin about it only a few days ago. There remains in the Migration Act, thanks to what was only recently, last 10 years or so, we gave ministers the discretion to just cancel visas, right? Do you remember oh, that when that came oh, in? Oh, I don't remember the exact timing of it, but I know that... It wasn't in 1958. No, no, it, was, was, it certainly it was wasn't. Last no, no. 20 years. I mean, the Migration Act has been, uh, of course, uh, amended multiple times um, mutated, since, yeah. since that time and mutated into uh, the monstrosity that it is now. Uh, but yes, the, the minister um, has pretty much unfettered power to, to cancel any visa that he or she uh, deems uh, uh, is... Um, uh, has met the, th the relevant threshold, which again is a very, very subjective test, isn't it? It's all in his uh, mind, isn't oh, it? Completely yeah. his or her mind. This is not the character test? This is not the character this test. This is there's just a, there's discretion, a, yeah. Because some of the character cancellations are mandatory. Yeah, okay. So there's okay. there's no discretion when it comes to those things. But um, but other um, other cancellations could, could be for all sorts of things. Um, and, you know, the original cancellation, as we know, was yeah. because he presented a, a risk to to uh, yeah. public health and good order of the community and things like that. So he could, um, he could just uh, the minister in this case, um, oh, Alex Hall, yeah. um, Minister of Immigration, could um, uh, basically say, "Yep, yeah, okay, I've um, I've had regard to the the court outcome, but he's not bound by it, yes. and uh, I'm exercising my uh, personal power under Section 133C of the Act to um, to cancel the visa again, and he could use the same grounds to for, to cancel. Why on earth would they do that? This is nuts. It is. Uh, it is nuts. Um, but um, uh, the minister is, uh, does have the power, and um, and look, ultimately. Um, this is a power that is most commonly exercised in character cases. Yes. Um, we've had a series of ministers, um, especially recently, who have felt very strongly about character cancellations, where if somebody has a visa that's cancelled on the base of um, on the basis of character issues, mm -hmm. and they challenge it and mm -hmm. they won, yes. this power then gives the the uh, uh, the, the minister. Uh, the power to say, okay, well, I um, yes, you've won at um, at courts, but I still consider you to be a a risk um, to the Australian community. Therefore, I'm cancelling your visa again, and they're immediately taken back into detention. For the the cycle starts again. <laughs> the rationale behind this, of course, is that if the if they get off on a technicality, that the minister who is popularly elected and so on represents the people, supposedly, is supposed to have the power to do the people's will. In the end of the day, even if he wins a technical legal battle, we don't want this risk to our community. Minister gets rid of him. You could say that. This is the Ray Hadley line. You could say that. And and as I said, it's most commonly used for character cases where the government can appeal to, uh, uh, I don't know, a, an argument f uh, from, from a morality point of view and, and things like that. Whereas in this case, if 
that power to be exercised mm. um, and there was obviously speculation last night mm. uh, on social media mm. and um, and elsewhere uh, as to whether the minister may be considering to exercise those powers. Um, Alex Hawke can do it any time now. At any time. He has, yeah. he has, as I said, unfettered power to consider, uh, to, to, to cancel a visa based on his personal power. And there we go. The minister, Alex Hawke, immigration minister, is saying, today I exercise my power under that section 133C of the Migration Act 1958 to boot Novak out. Now, this is actually what he said in his <clears throat> reasons, this is Chip Legrand, the, um, I think he's the political editor of the Sydney Morning Herald. He said, he quotes Alex Hawke. Alex Hawke says, I consider that Novak's ongoing presence in Australia may encourage other people to disregard or act inconsistently with public health advice and policies in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that line? <laughs> I, I believe that this individual may have a negative influence on my school children that I look after in this in this high school called <laughs> Australia. Preschool. And, uh, and therefore, yeah, preschool. Therefore, I'm not going to uh, permit him to be... No, it's absolute nanny state rubbish that we're seeing uh, time and time again. And it utterly appalls me that this is a Liberal Party government that Liberal. is doing this. I mean, there's no respect or regard for fundamental liberal principles of, you know, individual responsibility, personal um, rights, personal civil liberties. Uh, it's just, it's such a patronising, condescending, nanny state, and it's everything that's that's sort of changed in Australia in the time that I've, I've been away and come back uh, in that 20 years that really, really deeply concerns me well, and concerns so many people. If you didn't like the first reason, maybe you'll like the second. Okay, hit me with the second one, Matt. In addition, I consider that Mr Djokovic's ongoing presence in Australia may lead to an increase in anti-vaccination sentiment generated in the Australian community, potentially leading to an increase in civil unrest of the kind previously experienced with rallies, oh my God, protests, oh, my oh God, no, which may themselves be a source of community transmission. Well, I haven't heard a statement like that since... Oh, no, most of the Chinese Communist Party press releases, <laughs> really. Um, it's eerily reminiscent. Oh, it's frightening. I mean, and we joke, but this is absolutely uh, just an abomination to our principles of liberal democracy and freedom. And, and uh, I, I just don't know why, and I'm baffled by this still, mm. why we have, and I think the number's diminishing, but it's still, I think it was 71% in the, in the uh, poll that, it was the age or the Herald Sun. Wanted ran, Novak gone. Wanted Novak gone. Mm. Um, and, you know, this this extends beyond, I think, the the Karen idea of just, you know, I want to I want to feel good because, you know, I cut down a tall poppy and um, because there's no, let's face it, there's no science behind this. No, no. So the court <laughs> actually found that Novak did not, they're claiming that he was, um, what they claiming? He, he lied and yeah, all this kind of thing. The federal court in the end found that, no, he was correct. Everything was hunky-dory. In fact, the um, council for the government admitted as such. So that's why he's had to rely on the, these grounds to get him out of the country, that he might stir up anti vaccine Yeah, so he's had to just pull out his, his uh, override, overrule he'd have to uh, activate authority. God mode. Yeah, yeah God It's a cheat yeah. code you put in. Exactly. Um yeah, and I think so. There wasn't even a bureaucratic reason, right? He he, no. he filled in every. It turned out that that most things end, were yeah. in the end that everything was above board. Um, so, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What's the core reason for this? The core reason for this 
is supposed to be to protect people from an unvaccinated individual coming into the country. Not even that. He's, With a virus not... that is has a R0 value of 8 to 10, which means it's highly, highly, highly contagious. So you're not going to be able to do zero COVID or contain this thing. And it results in a relatively, <coughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, I had it. Okay, I got it in, in New York on Christmas Day. Did um, you die? Or? Omicron. Apparently not. Apparently I'm still here. I was bloody sick, mm. right? It's a nasty flu. Mm. Uh, but that's what it is. It's a bad flu. Oh, um, now we're cancelled. And and it it then turned into a you know lingering cold for about a week. Um, and it's it's you know it's not something that I I I certainly would want to get again. And you know I'm but I'm a vaccinated, double vaccinated. Mm. Uh, don't think I'll be heading for the booster, but I'm double vaccinated. Uh, and your vaccine's working well then. Well, so, yeah. To, can, well, it, okay. To be, to be fair, they never said it was going to prevent. They did, liar. Uh, sorry, they, they did, did earlier. Yes, they did. Say. They did early, but then they very quickly said <laughs> it's not going. But it will make the symptoms less. Now, the I'm sitting there sick as a dog. <laughs> my you, my wife says just as well you're vaccinated. And I'm like, yeah, God, I can't imagine how bad this would have been if I wasn't vaccinated. And then I started thinking about it days later. Yeah. Actually, you never know. You no, could no, never know, no, right? No, uh, no. How how bad it could have been or might not have been. So my COVID experience was um, right. was not as bad as yours. So maybe I could have said maybe if I was vaccinated, I would have no symptoms at all. Right. It's all hypothetical. Exactly. Hey, um, read this tweet. This is awesome tweet you found. Describe oh, yeah, what's going Peter on Sweden. in Australia. Sorry. Yes. What Let is me this just about? Get that up. You ask. So so Peter Sweden's a, uh, a Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if Sweden's his last name or he just uses that as. Uh, but he uh, he's a he's a quite a popular conservative commentator in 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 Sweden and Europe and and in, in, and globally. But he says here, so essentially the Australian government kicked Djokovic out of the country because they were afraid he would make people disagree with the government. <laughs> Isn't this what dictatorships do? Uh, yeah. Twenty four thousand likes. <laughs> if you're wondering how this is impacting our international uh, yeah. reputation, twenty four thousand likes. Uh, 6,836 retweets. And then later on, uh, where is it? The, the one that he's just, uh, he, he just delivered, um, which is even more disturbing for our international reputation. Uh, yes, retweet if you won't be traveling to Australia because of their tyrannical behavior. Uh, 12,400 likes and 5,825 Retweets. He has a point. What did he say? He said uh, the government has kicked Djokovic out because he might encourage other people to, to not disagree with the government. Disagree with the government. Mm. It's very. You <laughs> lived in Hong Kong for a couple of decade or whatever. Twenty. It's very reminiscent. Very well. Reminiscent. It's, it's, it's a bit different because the Hong Kong people wouldn't put up with it. They would have hit the streets. No, there but in, millions of people on the streets by well, now. But instead, we have, like you said, seventy-one percent in support. A bunch of messages I've been seeing floating around, even on my posts and on others' posts, saying. Uh, well, if we had to suffer, he has to suffer too. It's got mm. to be by the same rules. But you know what? I think ScoMo is actually deliberately playing to an audience, an imagined audience, whether they're real or not. He's imagining a particular audience that wants him to come down on this line. Look, he's a poll follower. Um, the Liberal Party never sets the agenda anymore. Mm. Okay, They're a party of followers. They allow the Labor Party to set the agenda. They allow the media to set the agenda. They then read the polls and then they try to anticipate. So it's, it's you know, as I've always called him, ScoMo from Market Research, Scotty from Market mm. Research, mm. Um, because he will sit down and look at... And so obviously there's data there that shows that 
this is probably a good thing to do from a public relations point of view. It gets, mm. gives you control of the narrative. So it takes the narrative off some of the things that he might not want it on and it puts it straight back onto um, what he can control, right? So the government now has control over the story. So they can change their mind and they can, you know, adjust as they obviously had a big think about whether or not they were going to do this second uh, uh, ruling or this overruling by Alex Hawke. Um, and they decided they should. And so they? he's decided that that's going to work for them. Um, in the polls. In the polls, which which Did it? may or may not have happened. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the polls. Unfortunately, these, this poll finished, I think, January 11th, so it doesn't take into account... It's before Djokovic? Yeah, oh, so it's okay, before the right, Djokovic, the major Djokovic incident, but he's already in trouble. So we are down to, I think... Um, so this is, the, uh, this is Tuesday's age front page. So Labor takes the poll leaders, voters lose faith in the Prime Minister. Labor's increased its primary vote from 32 to 35%, um, and the Coalition's primary vote has dropped from 39 to 34%. So that's that's So they've overtaken. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's quite significant. Um, and that's the primary vote. The two-party preferred vote... It's not on there. ...is not on there. Did you... Uh, I don't have you wrote it down somewhere. I wrote it. I did. I thought I wrote it down right. somewhere. There you go. In so... <laughs> That, that's important though, because that's the no, people who are straight up trying to vote for um, Albo has exceeded those who are trying to vote for Scomo. Yeah. So I'd um, argue that this is not working. What he's doing is not—he's uh, not doing well. Obviously, the data bears that out. No, I think the thing about Scomo is, and why he will lose the election. Um, wow. Yeah, he will. I'm doing a Peter Van Onselen here. I'm going to say, but he's Scott been wrong Martin. every time. Don't do yeah, a PVO. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it that yeah. way. Um, no, look, I think. That we are heading for a situation where, I mean, the ideal outcome for me would be that we have obviously a hung parliament Mm. um, and that we have uh, the minor parties holding the balance of power, both in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Um, But I think there is a strong possibility now, looking at these poll numbers, that we might see uh, a Labor um, uh, government. Um, a, I, I le- think it would be a governing, minority, a minority, minority government. government. Okay. Doing a deal um, <coughs> again with, with the, this, with, the, the... With, the uh, uh, yeah, with the crossbenchers. They have to do a deal with you because you're running for lawyer. Yes, yes. That, that would be good. And you're going to get in. So Do you think? Yeah. Vote one, mm-hmm. Damien Curie. Okay. For, pay uh, me. I'll take the pay free me. ad. I'll take the free ad. It's Written not free. Pay me. Written uh, and authorised <laughs> by nobody in particular <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> that was not a paid ad. Um no, I just think that, that we are um, going to be looking at a very interesting election. I think it's going to be quite uh, extraordinary sort of outcome, I think, this time. And uh, I think there will be more shocks. But if you look at what happened in 2019, uh, when Peter Van Onselen famously said that there was absolutely no way that Scott Morrison could possibly win, and then, of course, he won, I'll point out I predicted that he would win three weeks before he did. Mm. Um, and... The reason was the quiet Australians, the undercurrent of people who mm-hmm. are who were mm-hmm. fed up and who wanted to express that. Scott Morrison has done nothing for those quiet Australians since he was elected. Hang on, um, do you really mean nothing? Them. Do you mean nothing, or do you mean he's done not enough? He's done some things, but not enough. Or do you well, mean nothing? I, I can't think of anything that he's particularly done that makes me feel as though he has. Uh, moved towards the things that I, as somebody who voted for him and campaigned for him or felt that he was the guy then. um, Whereas Tony Abbott did. We're talking about things like, you know, just the, the, what has he done to sort of 
uh, move Australia culturally away from woke culture, from identity politics, from neo-Marxism in terms of our media? He nothing. said those words. In like terms of our Jewish, education yeah. system? Yeah. Nothing? Yes. He, he said, said those, those words, words. And he's very good at saying words. He does but, a lot. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is that people are not stupid. Australians are not stupid. And they one thing Australians hate is being taken for a ride. Do you reckon because this and whole Djokovic saga, saga has revealed <clears throat> that some Australians are, let's say, not smart. I don't want to say they're stupid. Have you... You notice, have you, you've surely you've seen the, the, the two groups that have emerged from this Djokovic saga and half of them are, just want this, govern me harder, daddy. If I'm in chains, you have to be in chains. Look at this cartoon. You know who sent me this cartoon? This is how basically Australians are today. The old Australia, no worries, mate. Today's Australia, be worried, you're not safe. Germs. Enemies, germs, evil, oh. the government is protecting you. Keep us safe. Yeah, that that is I come across <clears throat> that more than I come across that. Yeah, and that's Michael Lunig, who you know has suffered at the hands of woke culture himself. Um, but the the I think this is the thing: he hasn't done anything. He hasn't reformed the ABC. Right? They talk about it. They carry on about it. He's got a couple of senators in Queensland that are banging on about it all the time. James mm -hmm. McGrath, nothing done, nothing. Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't. Uh, done anything to really reform the education system, mm. right? To, to, to make our education or to reform the universities and the prevalence and infestation of neo-Marxist ideas in, in the universities. Um, there has to be, um, except for that speech that he gave to the uh, to, to that Jewish um, dinner, Jewish dinner yeah. yeah, in uh, it was not. There, he really hasn't spoken about those issues. He he is someone described him the other day as the Marcel Marceau of Australian politics. You know, he is trying to be. He's the guy, my, my humble interpretation of his behaviour is that he's the guy who, you know, that bloke at work in the executive team that's just quiet and you don't know what they're going to yeah. do and then they yeah. manoeuvre around, yeah. they keep their position very, yes. very vague yes. so that at any point when the wind changes, they can just go bang. And it worked and that, for him. It worked for him, right? Yeah. That mindset, I think, in leadership... Um, is manipulative, it yeah. will get you, it's Machiavellian, it mm. will get you there, but it won't keep you there. Because once you are the leader, mm. you need to stand for something. People need to see you stand for something. If they don't feel that you believe in anything and they don't know what your value system is um, and they don't know what they're voting for, they won't vote for you. you know, they'd rather vote for someone they slightly disagree with than somebody that they don't know where they stand on things. Well, look, right now when you see the Liberal Party going to an election prosecuting the 2019 Labor's, Labor Party's position on climate change. You go, I think I'll just vote for Labor and let them do it properly. Uh, as bad as all this is, it's worse in other places around the world, especially what I think is the, becoming the basket case of planet Earth, Canada. I was recently in Nashville, Tennessee. No lockdowns, no masks, no COVID regulations to speak of, people are going about their lives. Why can that be the case in Tennessee and in other US states such as Florida when there are curfews, curfews in Quebec, two years after the pandemic started with a vaccination rate of nearly 80%? When BC is still limiting social gatherings, when we are putting tremendous and unsustainable strain on all the complex systems that have served us so well and made us so comfortable in the midst of the troubles of our lives. 
The cure has become worse than the disease. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. You are crazy. Don't sing. No, I have to. <laughs> you I play beautiful be guitar. <laughs> you play fantastic piano. I'm envious of your, your absolute oh, raw talent. But God, don't oh, sing. Oh, Canada. <laughs> they have lost their minds. Yes, they have lost their minds. Two years into a pandemic, they're starting the curfews thing. They're now doing a Melbourne. Don't do a Melbourne. Never do a Melbourne. Yeah. Well, at least Melbourne didn't do it when they had 80% plus vaccination. And exactly. We're two years into it and we're dealing with Omicron, which is the, <clears throat> the cold virus. How dare you? It makes sense to me, though, because I've been watching Trudeau. He's been scaring me for more than a year. He's he, terrifying, man. He is. You listen to the language. Scary. It's all identity politics, and I'm always banging on about the woke stuff. But it's there. You're correct in this. It's situation. absolutely scary. What? Well, look, um, he's like Jacinda in uh, New Zealand yeah. across yeah. the Dutch. Yeah. No, he, this he's legitimately scary. Let me prove it to you. You have been correct all along. I grovel and apologise to you, Damien, because this is Prime Minister Trudeau saying uh, that anyone who is against vaccination is uh, misogynist and a racist. Mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui ne croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, qui sont souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, un, un petit groupe, mais qui prend de la place. Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on est qu tolère ces gens-là ou est-ce qu'on dit, ben voyons, la plupart des gens, presque 80 des Québécois, ont fait ce qu'il fallait faire, mmh. se sont fait vacciner, on veut revenir à, 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 aux choses qu'on aime faire. Eh, c'est pas ces gens-là qui vont nous bloquer. Maintenant, on est dans une... OK, the most chilling part, I have to admit, he says at the end, do we tolerate these people? We have to make a choice as a country. Do we tolerate these people? Yeah. Direct quote. Yeah. And I think this is the mindset that we're seeing from the left everywhere around the world now. Um, and this is the scary thing. It's that totalitarian, authoritarian mindset um, that basically has very little tolerance for just boxes people into a category. Okay. They're a deplorable. They're, mm. you know, it's racism, it's sexism. Oh, gee, what a What surprise. has that got to do with... Yeah. <laughs> Andy yes, so clearly. Oh, yes, so clearly it's racist. Um... Clearly, it's uh, misogynist. Do you remember how does he even draw that parallel? Like, what's the connection he's trying to Come make? On, yeah, my French him, isn't too good. Have you seen him standing there saying, "We we need a, a she revival"? Or it's been a recession. We want it to be a she session for gender equity. Have you have you seen that clip? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's nuts. Uh, but he you, is absolutely. It, but are they not? Do you really think he's nuts, or is he like Jacinda Ardern, who I think is one of the most manipulative, uh, cunning? Um, Politicians, I think they're both very, very clear on what they're doing. Yeah, you know, okay. uh, I think and they're driving a very, yeah. a very uh, simplistic but very divisive and destructive narrative. It's too intelligent to be anything but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, although someone who's not nearly as good but keeps trying uh, is Lucy Turnbull. So you sent me this. Oh yeah, God, this was just so inappropriate on yeah. Tuesday or Monday night, I think. Um, Lucy Turnbull, AO. What the hell is this? Emojis? <laughs> Triple boosted, I guess. Oh, this is the thing on Twitter now, there. Is it? If you had three, you put three. What I love is the Four. wonderful, wonderful people um, on the uh, more literal, say more liberal, libertarian side of politics who put 20 of them. Do they? <laughs> it's like just, here's my name and a whole row of syringes. I love, love it. it. Um, they look like they're full of blood, though. These are the creeps. They are, they're, too. they're full of blood with dripping out there. 
Uh, okay, so she says, can we all now just agree? Okay. <laughs> There's a problem right yeah. there. <laughs> you know when a left-wing person's speaking when they start with a phrase like that. Can we all now agree that anti-vaxxers should be discouraged and condemned? Okay, now that's a big word, all right? That's a big, nasty word, condemned. Strongly and forcefully, just to underscore how much condemning needs to go on. Uh, whoever and wherever they are, by all political leaders, not just selectively. I mean, it's the most ludicrously worded tweet I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, it is it is frightening that, that somebody of her... But she didn't say that they are racists and misogynists. No, okay, all right, so yes. What the hell is that, yeah. Justin? Yeah, Justin wins uh, on that score. But so just, you know, can we all now agree? No, Lucy. No, no we can't. No, 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 we can't all now agree. Sure, I'm so man. sorry for you, but we can't. And uh, <laughs> condemn strongly and forcefully whoever and wherever they are by all political leaders. The former wife of the Australian Prime Minister. Liberal. Uh, whatever. Liberal. What, whatever. <laughs> what do you expect? Her last name's Turnbull. And can I point out, Malcolm Turnbull, everyone hates him. The other side hates him because he's not, he's, you know, he's a liberal and he's not real. And our, our side, anyone right of politics hates him because he's not real. Like, who, who's his fan base? Again, AB, ABC hates yeah. him. News Which, Corp hates him. Well, this is, this is the thing, right? Who are you playing and to? It comes back to that core idea that it's really all about authenticity. And if people don't know what you stand for, they're not going to like you. They're not going to vote for you. Um, and I think it's it's really, I mean, this just speaks volumes about the mindset. And that's, that's it's the same thing as the Trudeau mindset, this idea that we've got these deplorables. Um, it's the Hillary Clinton thing. Mm. These people are just wrong people and they need to be categorised and put into a bundle and we'll herd them off and, and, and put them away. And the number of people you see tweeting that from the left, and I do believe that, that they would be quite happy just to see, uh, you know, people who don't think like them corralled off into them. So I'm starting to understand for the first time in, in my life that, yeah. that this camp, how that all happened in the early 20th century. Well, it's because century. they spread typhus and lice, these anti-vaxxers, and we should put them in ghettos. Typhus and lice. That, that's, that's... All things nice. <laughs> I was surprised to hear that's how um, Hitler did it. He um, said the Jews spread lice and typhus. Hey, yeah. um, we should compare. This is Canada's gone crazy. Uh, not so bad in the UK. Did you know in the UK they're about to drop all all restrictions by allowing their uh, legislation to lapse per their sunset clause, which we didn't do here in Victoria. Right. So there'll be nothing left except for the requirement to do a test when you're sick and stay at home for five days. It's I think it's five days. There's yeah, no well, look, some, no some amazing vaccines. data out of uh, Scotland. Actually, Scotland had much stricter um, restrictions than England mm -hmm. and had a worse result. Then so, yeah, in okay. the last week, it's just been been revealed. So okay. um, Scotland's had had more cases and more deaths and more hospitalizations um, while having stricter um, restrictions. Yeah, and then England and England has had has, has not had it quite as bad. So it, it's just common sense, I think, starting to come through finally, um, at least somewhere in the world, uh, where we're seeing the reality that you know, as we said, this is an incredibly contagious. Um, uh, variant and the hospitalizations and the uh, deaths have just not um, it, it reached a level that, uh, in it, particularly in the UK, hasn't reached a level that has, has, has really caused any um, increase or spike in the number of, of people 
in hospital and a number of people putting a stress on the system. It just, everything that was predicted in that regard just hasn't happened. And that's not just because of, you know, because even those, even people who were saying that Omicron is not going to be a serious, not going to put as many people in hospital, were still saying, but Omicron's going to be everywhere. And so the numbers are going to be really high. So right. even though the percentage of people sick and that are going to wind up in hospital will be lower, Absolute um, numbers will be high. Absolute numbers will be high but it because hasn't of been. the sheer volume. But it hasn't, even that hasn't happened. So what are we doing? Because so, authoritarian is on the rise around the whole world. I better put a link. Actually, we should put a link in what? for the source for yeah. that. So I will for, put that for, in. That's, oh, uh, what you just said. Yeah, Scotland Dr. Dr. John Campbell has, has just issued all of that data, I think, last night or the night before. He's the nursing educator guy that does really great videos on just yeah, pulling the data him. together and yeah. giving you the data. He's Big not, nerd stuff. fancy. Yeah, yeah, it's good, but it's simple and clear, and he does it in a pretty balanced way. So, well, yeah. you know, with all of this reality coming out, and you earlier, I can't remember if it was in another recording we did about Florida and the Calif uh, California Florida comparison and how the virus just doesn't respect your stupid little mandates or mask mandates, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, why then are we still doing things like this? In a cafe in, how do you say it? Capalaba. 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 Capalaba in Brisbane. Why? 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 Please. 
was from your state. What are you doing up there? It's completely unacceptable. It is absolutely disgusting. And it's the sort of behavior that is not going to win the Queensland police. You know, uh, they should learn from the Victorian police. Oh, did uh, you see a slapping him the on the Reputational arm? damage that that does to... But how can you afford the... that as a Queensland police service who already, has already done a Victoria back in... Sir Joe Bjorke-Peterson's <laughs> yeah. days. Yes. Yeah. He had to yeah. fully rename the Queensland Police Service and change the whole thing yeah. to convince the public that they're there to serve. Mm. And now, what, you're going backwards? Yeah. I don't think we have quite the negative vibe with our police as you guys do, but it's getting there. It's need to stop, uh, stop. And that sort of thing isn't going to help. What bugs me, I don't know how you feel about this, but what have you noticed, it's hard, hard to notice, but if you go back and look at pictures of police, you know, 30... 20 years ago even, mm. uh, you're looking at, you know, nice uh, light blue yes. shirts yes. and they're all you know, short sleeves in yes. Queensland and it's hot and they're yep. not militarised. Yes. Um, and now you walk around the streets of Melbourne and it's, I feel very intimidated when I see yep. police in Melbourne. I mean, they yep. look, they're just so, and I understand they've got to be kept safe and they need to be armed and they've got to have their... There's Djokovic supporters and stuff around here. You yeah, you've got to get those Djokovic supporters. Yep. Never mind the real criminals. Um, We're spending a lot of money on these guys. We just issued them all to have tasers in, in Victoria. It's our latest thing. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The Labor government, I just, I, it's hard for me to get my head around this, this change, because I grew up in a, in a world where Labor represented, or the left represented protection of civil liberties, and <laughs> human rights, and those sorts of things. And the anti-authoritarians were in the left. Yep. And now we have a, a world where the left is the authoritarian, mm -hmm. are the authoritarians. It's because they is, won the culture wars. They won the culture wars. That's why. And now we see them implementing... Because they're know, protecting turning themselves. Turning the police into yeah. military-looking individuals. Um, I think there has to be a better way to do it. I don't think we need to have our police dressed in black and dark blue... Uh, I think you could lighten up the colours and still have the arming. <laughs> you know, oh, no, seriously, I think this right, stuff's okay. important. Yeah, I mean, color, as much as we sort of joke about it, it does set a tone, creates a, an image, and and says something about the nature of our society. I mean, the English knew this. You know, that's why the Bobbies, you know, were not armed for so long until you reach the point where you realise, yes, well, better give them a gun, but they're not going to be able to protect us. Sir Peel, the father of modern day policing, <clears> is. <throat> Pillian principles. But look, I think in the end, we've got to admit, it's all worth it, isn't it? Spend as much as you like politicians as long as you keep us safe.
So, Matt, have you seen this delightful chart? I don't want to turn around. Just have a look. I don't want to see Come it. Come on, you I've can do it. I've seen it. It's okay. Look, up here we've got... Every election, it always... You should explain it first before right. I have a go at it. So, the y-axis, ladies and gentlemen, is the number of uh, dollars in millions uh, that the Australian government, the federal government, not the states, we're not even counting the states here, um, but that is the federal government debt, and this top number here is one million. So, we're talking one million... Million. Billion. That's a trillion. 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 Yeah. trillion. A million. Trillion. It used to be a billion. The yeah, old, uh, the old English it. billion. Uh, no, it's a trillion. So it's a trillion dollars of debt that we're heading for, estimated for 2024-25. Um, and uh, this, is, this will be under a Liberal Party government. Let's have a look at... This goes back to 1999. So here's the Liberal government of Howard, and we're sitting here at about 50,000... Million, so that's 50 billion. Um, paid off. They got that down, Howard and Costello got that down by 2005 ish to zero, so we had no no debt. Then we made um, the future fund. That's right, we, we made the future fund. And then, and then we had the global financial crisis of 2008 2009. Well, Kevin is, Rudd got in, and then the GFC, yeah. <clears throat> and so Kevin Rudd started to spend. He saved us all, um, saved us from the GFC. And that, you know, you could argue, yeah, okay, a little bit of stimulus spending was needed in that era. Uh, and then they leveled off a little bit, which, was, before, which was okay. Yeah, but you, now you're saying like, oh, a little bit of spending. I remember back in those days when this didn't happen yet, all the conservatives and the right wingers were screaming yeah. that this is ridiculous. And back here, all the all the you know we're so good we paid off this massive dirty yeah. debt that Labor made, which was true well, back then. Well, and um, if you take that and you blow it up without that on there, yeah, you can see that is quite a. I don't know what we're bickering about. You know, Whole elections fought and won on on these little tiny blips, and now. Nobody even cares about this. No. Except you. Yeah, I seem to be the only one. Am I the only one? Do you care? <laughs> liberals. Does anybody care? Can you trust the Liberals with the economy? You know, <clears throat> oh, no. They say, can you trust Labor with the economy? You know, we're the best financial managers, they would say. Yeah. Liberal. Well, they'll argue that this is all the spending is necessary for COVID. Right. What? Okay. what COVID well, in 2013 and 17 and then yeah, nine, exa 19. Exactly. Exactly. Um, this is the COVID spike here happening hello. here. So, no, it's not okay. Um, it is serious, uh, seriously worrying. And part of it is because governments decided to just, yeah, because interest rates were low. Interest rates have been about, you know, one to 2%. And everyone was saying, just borrow, 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 spend <clears throat> up, you know, spend build on what? infrastructure. What infrastructure? Well, that's the key. That's the right? key. What have we got for it? It's what's the debt for? What did we get? Do we get hospitals that are not on Code Brown? No, they're on Code Brown right now. We've got a whole lot of spending on... Um, stuff that is, you know, it's like spending on consumables. Um, we've just been throwing throwing money around, obviously. Um, there's nothing there that's really returned much for us. Um, now, the scary thing is that interest rates, we're heading into an inflationary period um, economically uh, in the world, and interest rates will go up. If inflation, you know, hits 5%, then, uh, you know, investors have to recoup at least 5% on their... So interest rates will therefore follow. Um, so you wind up with... A situation that let's say it gets to ten percent, and we've got a trillion dollar bill. That's a hundred billion dollars in interest well, uh, every year that has to be paid, and that's not even paying down the principal. So this is what we're handing the future generations. This is what we're handing our kids. Well, um, and yeah, I think they're going to pay the bill. Not Absolutely us. criminal. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? That that uh, it's it's the youngsters who probably need to understand this the most, since they'll be paying the capital down, uh, we will immediately feel the impact of the interest bills um, in every year. Every year, 
um, but the youngsters will be paying it down in, 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 in the long term. Should educate they them. We need to educate them, and we don't. We don't teach them this stuff. <coughs> we do so it. they think all these, oh, just keep spending, just keep spending, you know. We should make some cool cartoons. Well, modern monetary theory, have you heard about that? You mean the... MMT, <laughs> which the philosophy of um, AOC, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in America, and also Bernie Sanders, economist, chief economist, yeah. <coughs> came out to Australia to enlighten us all on modern monetary theory a few years ago, a few lectures. Um, it's working it, well, isn't it? Just it, that idea that you can just keep printing money and printing money and printing money um, is absolutely insane. And just to explain it, I think um, the Foundation for Economic Education, FEE, FEE, in uh, the US, they've done a fantastic little cartoon video on that, so we might take a little look at that now. Printing more money can be a very bad idea. It results in the money that we already have losing its value. Yeah, but so what? Isn't the government printing more money all the time to benefit their interests? That's better than them taxing us, isn't it? You sure about that? In the short term, it may not seem like it costs you, but in the long run, it results in all of your money being worth less than it was before. So it's basically just a hidden tax. Oh, well, that stinks. But we have to pay taxes either way. So what's the difference? The difference is huge. If we weren't constantly devaluing our own currency, we would be better able to save for the future. A person who starts saving for retirement at 19 could expect their savings to have just as much purchasing power at 65, and they wouldn't have to invest their money into 401ks and stimulate Wall Street just to have their hard-earned savings retain their value. And with things like cost of living remaining stagnant or even decreasing as technology develops, we wouldn't have to keep artificially adjusting wages to keep up. Well, that does sound nice and all, but I'm sure there are ways inflation can be beneficial. And besides, what's the worst that can happen? Hyperinflation! When a government is unable or unwilling to manage the amount of money they print, eventually it begins to inflate so quickly that it becomes almost completely worthless. One of the most infamous historical examples would be... 1920s Germany? Exactly! At one point, things got so bad that it would cost you 4.2 trillion German marks to get just one US dollar. And there are many more recent examples. In the 2000s, hyperinflation in Zimbabwe was so out of control that the central bank was forced to print 100 trillion dollar bills. And in present day Venezuela, the currency is so worthless that people are using it to make folded paper art and then selling it overseas because that's the only way they can get a decent conversion on their money. And the Australian dollar is plastic, so how are we going to turn that into paper art, right? We're not going to be able to fold that up. So if you just made a million bucks on your property, uh, pretty theoretical if, uh, if, if inflation gets on a hand and uh, we have this massive debt and the Australian dollar starts to decline in value. Why is the news... That's serious. Why is the news not talking about this? It's too complicated. So it's, it's not much that easy just to watch just the say, cartoon you know, on it. Bad on. Serbian tennis player leave. Oh. Um, it's very yeah. I know it isn't that complicated actually. It's quite if you ha if we had a half decent media, we could. Back in the eighties, when I was a journalist, we would have we would have attempted to explain these things. But well, you know, for once we don't need to look back. We can actually start looking forward because I've discovered we've all discovered the world has discovered thanks to a certain big podcaster that the mainstream news isn't so mainstream after all. Joe Rogan is by far beating out primetime news. 
Twitter users compared ratings from legacy media with the Joe Rogan experience using data from Nielsen and Spotify. Rogan receives an average of 11 million viewers per show. In comparison, Tucker Carlson gets 3.24 million and Rachel Maddow has an average of 2.2 million. This comes as the Twitter-like social media platform Getter claims it's seen a boost in users after Rogan joined in response to his content being taken down from Twitter and YouTube. Getter also cited Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's banishment from Twitter as a reason for the surge in membership. I mean, obviously Joe Rogan is very, very popular. And yeah. these So he stats, got 18 million, yeah, I guess. Well, on yeah, Twitter, not right. on this platform that has only existed Getter. for a while. Yeah, this yeah. new this new one. But but overnight to get 8.7 million followers huge. is cool. It, it, that is really huge. And that kind of, I guess, maybe does go to show that 11 million people actually do listen to all of his episodes. It, you know, a lot of times and you can have an audience of 11 million. Right, and that, well, they all followed him together. Getter. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to have 11 million viewers and then maybe they tune in here or there throughout the month or, you know, you know once a month or something. But for him to have that many per episode... Uh, that's a lot. I mean, that's that's like combining all of the cable uh, big shows yeah, together. It's staggering. I mean, Tucker's still... show is huge. You could, t- I've, you know, I've been on it. Sometimes I can tell that it has a bigger audience than other TV shows. I do. Uh, be, you know, I get a, like a ton of people will follow me on Twitter, or Instagram, or friend me on Facebook after I'm on, like at a much larger volume than other shows. So you can tell how big that show is. And Rogan's got like three times as many. Um, or more. I can't do simple math, but and it's, that's and it's yeah. long. It's yeah. it's longer and and more intimate, so it builds a tighter right. relationship with the viewer. New media has already won. This is the chart that we just saw in that news clip. Joe Rogan, eleven million views, average views per show. CNN primetime. <laughs> yeah, well, CNN's a train wreck. Even but, uh, like Tucker Carlson, who people say, oh, look, people are going to the more right wings. Only three. Yeah, well, three point two four million. He he got up to six million around okay. election. Oh, this is average uh, election yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the five is Fox. Hannity is Fox. Fox News prime time. Ingram Angle is Fox. Really? Yeah. So all of that is conservative media. And right? then so liberal. that's Fox. <clears throat> then you get into the Rachel Maddow show, She's which is uh, far far Both. left. This is MSNBC. Uh, then you got MSNBC prime time. And then CNN, which is also, you know, now um, uh, quite left wing and attempt was attempting to sort of eat into MSNBC's positioning. But no wonder they're um, doing horse dewormer rubbish against Joe Rogan because he's destroying them. Yeah, you it's know, quite it's quite extraordinary. Told. I also think that if you start to put it all together and you look at it and think, well, how is it that the if that's the television landscape or it's cable news, I guess, um, from Rogan down. Uh, but if that's the landscape, how is it that the, the Democrats do have so much power and influence? And the, the, okay, the well, this is the funny thing. I, I was in the um, car park outside a store in Mel- southeast Melbourne in the suburbs. Come out of the shops and there's a guy sitting in his car, window down, and I can hear a Rogan podcast going on in his, in his car. Yeah. This has happened to me quite a few times. And I lean in and he's all freaking out. Like, why are you coming in? Why? Wh- wh- like, I don't know. What are you, should I not be listening to this in public? I said, oh, is that Robert Malone? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Robert Malone, bro. It's Robert Malone. 
They said, oh, he's a pretty good good episode, wasn't it? Have you heard the uh, Peter McCullough one? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good one too. So it, it's invading into mainstream, and you're going to see that a lot more. If that if that's the numbers on Rogan versus the news, it used to be, did you see that thing on Channel 9 or you're in the airport? Did you see the CNN thing? Well, now, honestly, I'm running into people in the street. Did you see the Robert Malone episode or what, whoever's on? So I think that the mainstream has actually moved. But to answer your question, why, why is the mainstream media, why are the lefties so... Dominant, I think they still own the institutions. Joe Rogan's too new, and he's the only one so far. There, are, There's more coming, you realize. He's the first. There's yeah. going to be other big... Yeah. You've got Shapiro and stuff coming up as well. But there's going to be less right-wing type people than Shapiro coming up as well. New people on the left, like Barry Weiss. Right. Yeah. the New York yeah. Times. Yeah, okay. So your your understanding of this was that, that they were attacking... They were. The mainstream media would try yeah. to really attack Rogan over, well, there the is a campaign now over the whole... There is now. So this is what Rogue, um, Rolling, was it? Yeah, Rolling Stone. So Rolling Stone are now got a bunch of... Uh, look at this. A menace to... All right, there. Looks a lot better than he did when he had COVID. For once. He looked, did you see the comparison between Joe Rogan's Instagram, where he posted that video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. what they put up on... Uh, I don't know where they put it. CNN. Yeah, yeah. And they made him look all sick. Yes, yeah. yes. Deliberately? Yes. Anyway. Terrible. A menace to public health. Doctors demand Spotify puts an end to COVID lies on Joe Rogan experience. This guy will have a guy, will have someone on to, to push. He had San, um, Sanjay Gupta on, mm. the guy from, uh, yeah. the doctor from CNN. What, you don't like him? No, well, I'm just saying that episode pretty, was, was oh, okay. Prof- right. you know, pretty, it was great. I thought what Joe did in, in standing up for himself. Yeah. Saying, so didn't let Sanjay off the hook. Yeah. He hammered him very hard and said, you know, your network lied about me. Lied. Absolutely lied in calling yeah. this a horse dewormer. But um, he will platform the left as much as he'll platform the right. He put a, Bernie Sanders on and to this day he still endorses and says, yeah, I love what Bernie Sanders is saying. Well, he can get those, those sort of people to come on his show still. Um, well, he can get them because he's Joe Rogan and the audience that he delivers is absolutely enormous. Um, so I think, you know, he'll he'll continue to do that. Uh, why he endorses Bernie Sanders is beyond me, but... Um, well, he, yeah, he he's, a, he's a bit of a lefty, Joe Rogan. He admits it. But the thing is, trying to cancel this guy now because I think he's a threat. It's They're trying to cancel Ben Shapiro. Okay, I get it. They're trying to cancel Joe Rogan. Why? Because he's winning. Well, we've got the Australian media at the moment... Uh, they're already getting a concession from their licensing on their licensing yeah, fees with break. the government, yeah, tax break, yeah, yeah. massive tax break, which they don't really need because they're about to get a whopping great, <laughs> uh, you know, they're every three years, they get their huge influx of advertising dollar from the campaigns mm-hmm. and from the, um, for the elections. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about to get that. They don't really need a tax break. They've got a tax break. Mm-hmm. Now they're screaming and crying and saying that the free-to-air channels want prominence because now with smart televisions, we can easily access Netflix mm-hmm. and Stan and all the other, Foxtel and everything. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, oh, we, no, we want prominence. We want what to be able to be, mean? I don't know how you give them prominence on a, on a device. You rent I mean, seek. Get out there. It's rent seeking. Yeah. Just get out there and compete in the market. No, 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 no don't you compete. No, no, come on. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not how, no, that's it, not works. how it works. <laughs> I sucked up to become the chief executive <laughs> officer of Channel 9 or Channel 10 or Channel 7, and I damn well want my time. You know who we need to do? I'm entitled to it. We need to ring some cabbies. We need to understand how the medallion system and rent-seeking works. This is what yeah, it is. It's yeah, a taxi it market is. all over again. Yeah, yeah, it's rent-seeking. They need, well, I mean, the whole licensing fee thing is rent-seeking, isn't it? I mean, it is. But to answer, answer your question, this is what is going on with 
uh, why the mainstream seems to be actually interested in people like this having open discussions. Uh, they've got the numbers to prove it. And yet all of our institutions and mainstream media swing to that hard left point of view is because they own the institutions. But that's not sustainable, is it? It has to crumble. Well, does it? I mean, the, the, you've got a situation in the United States where the Democrats are putting pressure on the social media companies to clamp down on fake news. But um, that's crumbling to, already. Right. But then on the other side, you've got the Republicans pushing them to stop censoring conservative content. Mm -hmm. And so the, you know, the social media companies are sort of stuck in the middle. Um, well, they're not stuck. They're firmly on the side well, of they the are Democrats. Firm, they are firmly on the side of the Democrats. Um, but they, you can sort of understand why they uh, feel the pressure, I guess, from both mm -hmm. sides. So I often, I often wonder why they do the censoring, but that's really because they're getting so much pressure from the Democrats. They prefer to obviously side with the Democrats mm -hmm. because that reflects the politics of Silicon Valley, I guess. But uh, the, there is a decentralization moment happening. The rise of signal... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're out of it, Boomer. So... Oh, okay. All right, Mr. I, I've gone all day not calling you oh, Boomer once. Yeah. I slipped it in. Go on holiday for a few end. weeks. You know, take a break. <clears throat> Uh, Come back, I'm a little bit out of touch, and he's on to me. This is why Signal is taking off. This is why Getter. This is why it's not just Gab and the more right wing. There are there are people they following Discernible who are like lefty, vegan, anarcho, and they're all in for it. It's not just the right wing running away to alternative platforms to escape big tech. It's people who distrust powerful institutions. The fact that big tech, I don't know if you know this, big tech has been propped up by... 9-11. You know, since 9-11, the spending for Amazon and Google services, for corporate back-end services, for Department of Homeland, Security, all these people, is insane. Google has risen from what, about then, to the early 2000s to now, on the back of some massive amount, I can't remember if it was 30% or 38% or something of the revenue has been based on government contracts. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing a separation of not left versus right, we're seeing what you've been talking about with the LDP. You're seeing the big establishment, authoritarian government, crony capitalist, garbage humans, and the rest of us who are saying, no, we want to go back to liberalism, decentralization. We want we want freedom, the individual. You right-wing nutjob. Yeah, right-wing nutjob yeah. right now. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> you freedom, liberty? All these things are right-wing concepts. It's funny, isn't it, how that's happened? The, the whole sort of... You know, liberty equals deplorable equals Trump equals right-wing equals you know, in, the, in the left-wing brain. I'm really liking the diversity. I'm loving that I can have a picnic in the park with my locals crew. So locals is our private community platform. And we can have some really, we can have some lefties, some righties, some anarchists, some conservative Christians. And we're all together united against the institutions. We don't want this control anymore. Yeah. It's good to see some, there, there does seem to be a new a new, thank God, anti-authoritarian left mm. emerging again. Um, you know, you sort of... Like Clary Weiss, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. People who have just, you know, they don't share our economic perspective on liberal liberal economics, but they do share the idea of um, not, not having authoritarianism and totalitarianism and centralised government control of every little thing and massive government um, bureaucracies. Um the future's bright, my friend. Yeah, the future is bright. Just wanted to make a point coming back to that economic stuff and debt and everything. That was the boring um, part. I want to talk I about know, debt. I'm just going to quickly, just quickly. 
Uh, I'm a millennial. Just so people know, numbers. Our, our numbers. numbers for our inflation numbers for the last quarter of 2021 are not out yet, the December quarter. Right. But the just so people know, the inflation of the from at the September quarter versus the September quarter a year earlier mm. in 2020. Mm. So our inflation for that 12 months was three percent, and the United States has had the highest uh, quarter since 1982 in its December quarter figures. Uh, so that's but three three percent. I don't know. If I'm a millennial. I don't know if three percent is good or bad. Three percent is okay. Um, I think that's the the federal. Um, um, okay is not newsworthy, my friend. No, no, no. But that's Australia. You're not coming Sorry. back to that chair if you're going to not bring non-newsworthy. <laughs> I haven't items. got to the scary bit yet. The United States, yeah. one year, December to December. Inflation was 7%. seven percent. That is not okay. That's double. Okay, so that's <laughs> yes, that is not good. And it's mostly been food, which is also not good, and used cars, would you believe? Um, but they've got all these supply chain issues and labour issues like we've got here. Yeah. Uh, like I would go to a restaurant yeah. in 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 the US, and you would be seated, and then the order would take ages to be taken, and then the yeah. meal would come out an hour later, yeah. and and you know because there's just not enough staff going around um, and we'd walk into restaurants and there'd be empty tables and be like no we don't have a table hang on you. there is enough staff because I remember just two years ago when there was enough staff they didn't all die so no they didn't all die we stuffed up the yeah. economy so we've got asymptomatic people at home mm. telling them not to go to work if they're testing positive for Omicron Omicron is you know not probably never going to make them sick mm. uh, everybody's going to get it anyway but they can't go to work can't go to work, so we're demolishing our own economy. Are you having shortages in Queensland at the moment? Because we are here in Melbourne yeah, no, on the, on the massive shelves. shortages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like last time where they can't produce enough toilet paper. It's out the back, and all day you, ha you see the shelf stackers who used to come out at night. They're there during the day now in Coles and Woolies. <laughs> Sorry, what? It's just the images you're conjuring up there. You went toilet paper out the back. I'm thinking of outback toilets, and then you said. What is it? Little, little nocturnal insects. Shelf stackers merging. Out it's it's of, true. As if well, because when they <laughs> close... people with a job. Yes, they are. Yeah. But when when you close a Coles or a Woolworths and you <clears> kick all the customers out, they all you see them, they're already started, and they go long past they kick us out, and they work like insects during the night. Uh, those people have been coming out during the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You go to your local Woolworths, they're stacking shelves hardcore <laughs> during the day. Because they're so short of staff. They have to stack all day long. Oh, it's called night right. fill. They, okay. At night yes, time, I know what you night, night fill, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're paid well they're, for night fill. Of course, but not even, they're day filling now. Because they're short, <laughs> short of staff. Okay. Right. There's some work on the economics of that. It's very cheaper for Coles to, to do day fills or something. No, no. The truth is we, just, we, are, we are stuffing around with our supply chains. Yeah, we are. And it's not healthy um, as so many of the... Of the things that are going on at the moment aren't. But it's pretty depressing. Why don't I finish on that note? Where, <laughs> where are we heading, Matthew? What's the answer? <clears throat> As if I have the answer. No, look, we exist to tell the people some real news for once and to be a sane alternative to the woke virtue signaling the project. Mm. Or called the people's project. But where is the country heading? I don't know. I said I don't know. We're just here to tell tell the news. And, We're just here to tell the news. Uh the other thing about debt, just to finish on debt. <laughs> More debt. Yeah, really, this is so stupid. The no, other thing about nobody's debt. Nobody's watching. <coughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. No, I must apologise because the COVID me. is still there, clearly. 
Um, and he's not vaccinated, so it's uh, don't, not don't that that's going to help. Don't put my public medical information out there. Oh, you don't. People don't How know. How dare you? Or well, maybe you are. Actually, I don't. To be honest, I actually don't know. Because you never asked. Them, I've never directly asked. I've just assumed. They're all asleep anyway. Because you're talking about debt. Sorry. Continue on the debt. Debt. Uh, there is no incentive for our politicians to, to pay it off. Yeah. Or to stop spending, because we continue to reward them. For spending. Ah, uh, so now you're about to pitch, vote for you, vote one, Damien Curie. No, I wasn't going to pitch that at all. I'm just saying Should it's they? an inherent problem with the system. What do you think would be the solution to that? To, to, to vote against it. I know, to vote for... But one, people would have to understand it. I mean, it's a pretty... I mean, put it this way. If, if you know, we looked at that chart, right? The Liberal Party are spending like crazy. Mm. Why wouldn't they be? It works. You look at what happened to Campbell Newman, right? He that tried to cut, he tried to balance it, everything, and he got shafted because the unions went against him. You know, the public service unions and nurses and teachers, and uh, and then and then the Labor Party, of course, jumped on him. And and it doesn't it doesn't work to be to do the right thing. We're not incentivizing our politicians correctly. We're saying um, go out and spend like lunatics and just tell us that you're going to give us free stuff. And we'll vote for you. You know what we need? We need to stop trying to get the right people into government and get my team in. We need less government, less politicians, so it doesn't matter. You know in Spain when the government shut down a few years ago, I think they had no prime minister or something, their elections, I can't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah. But they had effectively had no government for a season, a year or a few months or whatever. And apparently the economy boomed because it wasn't this sense of, oh, we need a government to tell us what we're going to do. The Spaniards turned and said, oh, stuff and whatever the hell they're doing over there in parliament for 10 months. We're just going to, and they got on with it, boom. Government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. Perhaps. So often that is true. Look, we need go you need a certain amount of government to not to, this much to be the not this no, much. absolutely not this, this much. Point. But you need they're supposed to play umpire. They're supposed to set the rules um, to 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 enable the market to function properly, to avoid monopoly and the pitfalls of the market, to step in when the market fails, mm. and free market do free markets do fail in certain areas. Um, but we know what they are. We've, economists know what those areas are, and and there are things I'm not, that, I'm not sure that you can put fail. rules so. in. Really? What about the environment, for example? Is oh, you're talking about yeah. externalities and the tragedy of the commons. Yeah. So when you talk, say market, such a better student than me. You see, when you say market oh, failure, though, people generally right. think of things like I can't get cheap enough medicine, or right. yeah. minimum okay. wage doesn't match the minimum living standard. They're not talking about externalities. Oh really? Yes. I always thought it was market okay. failure is like I can only buy windows. Right. So the government's okay. got to come into an antitrust suit and break yeah. up. Yeah. Well, I think that's reasonable, right? No. So you've got to have some rules. Yeah, what, but how would that? The only reason. How would you avoid monopoly then, if if uh, if you didn't have? Stop giving these big companies so much uh, lobbying corporate power. That's the problem. It's crony capitalism at the moment. These guys deliberately, like Microsoft, deliberately hedge. Hedge their gardens in, welcome and Amazon begs for uh, more taxes on business because they can absorb it. They beg for more regulation because they can do it and absorb it. I used to work for Yamaha, same thing. We can absorb whatever little HR new thing that Australia puts on. We at Yamaha would just fine, we can do it. All, <clears throat> all our little competitors can't keep up. So it was in our best interest to invite more regulation. Right. That's what happens with Microsoft over decades. What we need to do is we need to allow the Netscape navigators and the, the do you remember Netscape? Yeah. yeah. We need to encourage and remove the barriers for these small fries to come and take on the big boys. Right. Otherwise, we're going to end up like with us. an East India trade. Yes, that's exactly right. Look what's going on right now with media, how they're getting all the tax breaks. And you know how much funding extra we're getting this year from the government? Zero. 
Yeah. 1.3 billion for the ABC. You know what they'll do? They'll bring in some law about the trusted news initiative. Media has to have a fact check on site. Like you have to have a COVID marshal on site now for venues above a certain size. I can't afford that. But Sky News can. Well, this, well if you're in small business and you find that you're spending most of your time filling in paperwork, uh, a lot of that, or you're finding the procurement has become suddenly more difficult if you service large organisations... A lot of that is designed to protect large corporations and to give yes. them an edge because yes. they're the only ones who can afford to keep up with the compliance and the regulatory environment. And who's going to go and lobby the politicians to say, we don't want this or we do want this? I can't, I'm not going to lobby a no. lobbyist. They, they, they're going to lobby. Anyway. Small uh, business just getting, yeah, so you need, they need a political party. The solution is for people to get around people like us, share these videos, like them, tell their friends about them, make them popular because you cannot... Fight against the data. Rogan won. He's won. He's the boss. You can't fight against it. Same way. You make if you guys make the People's Project more popular than the project, you can't. I can go then. Isn't it already? <laughs> no, we're about ten. We reached. We peaked at ten percent of the project. That's quite an achievement. Bloody mate, good. You don't have a television network behind you, and you don't have no you know, money, no sponsors with the show. Yes, uh, but if they made us as popular as them, I could go to Channel 10 and say, look, I've got a show that's 90% as popular as your show. Come on, put us on. And they'd be like, I could tell you what Channel 10 would say. What they say? They'd say, what's 90%? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say so 9 Don't ruin my chance on I'm Channel sorry. 10. I think I'm they're very really bright sorry. people. There. Oh, yes. phenomenal. The executives in our uh, media, mm-hmm. brilliant people, all of them. You're all, you're all wonderful. Yeah. And also the case for Pfizer. You know, brought to you by Pfizer. You know that thing? Have you seen that yes, video? Yes, I have seen that. Every, every news show is brought to you by Pfizer in the US. Where do we get some of that Pfizer money? How do we do a brought to you by Pfizer? I'll put that on top of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. You want to keep your audience, you won't. Brought to you by <laughs> Pfizer. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> There's the COVID cough. Oh, get out of, I need to get, get out of here. a long COVID? I need to get out of here weeks. before you I'll spread your cough. spike protein all over me. Uh, there is there is a real concern. It's, up here. it's upper respiratory, as opposed to delta, which was lower respiratory. Okay. Well, I'm seeing some actual data t- coming out talking about um, immune suppression. I better not say too much because we're still on big tech right now. But immune suppression in um, long-term vaccinated subjects, because every time you take boosters, you say if you're on your fourth booster, as some people are. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah. Um, they're talking about immune suppression, which was the original fears of ADE, antibody dependent. Is that the ACE receptor thing? Like the I'm not sure. Being blocked I'm not off smart and, Yeah, no. I did Dr. Bean, B-E-E-N. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a piece on that. Isn't he like the, the Asian guy with a funny accent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Funny Asian guy with a funny accent. Listen to you. I'm an Asian, Asian guy, guy with, with a good accent. accent. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's an accent. Is it? Do I sound Aussie? Well, I, yeah, I've just been in the States for six weeks. Yes, yeah. you sound Australian. Right. Okay. Anyway, stop trying to stop my clothes. Have a good uh, week, and we'll see you in X number of weeks' time when we do another episode of The People's Project. In the meantime, they can follow you by going to your socials, which I'm sure Yeah, please do. Yeah, follow us during the below. campaign. The other side's on hold until the campaign's uh, finished, and then uh, I'll be I'll be begging Matthew again to help me. But um, we'll see what happens. No, he quit our network. I don't know what he's talking about. He got angry, threw the phone at me, and said, I'm "Never appear on Discernible again." That's why you're all asking why he's not on Discernible anymore. That's why massive. Falling, I'm here. Massive falling out. Can't <laughs> right. talk to each other anymore. It's cold as ice. All right. We bye. Just can't we've got to sign. That's all. <laughs> bye. bye.